drive time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. And welcome to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Today is Friday, July 28th, 2023. The feast of Pope St. Innocent I. Pope St. Innocent I was born in Albano, Italy. He reigned as Pope from 401 to 417. During his papacy in 410, Rome was ravaged by the barbarians of Alaric. The problem with Rome was they tried to capitulate with the enemies, with their enemies, the barbarians. They allowed them free travel through their country and would allow them to stay just for a little bit. And nonetheless, despite their charity, the barbarians would, would remain within their city and turn on them and start attacking from within. Now, despite the tragic event, Pope Innocent I took responsibility for rebuilding the city and showed great charity in helping the victims. His papacy coincided with the fall of the Western Roman Empire and the rise of the various heresies throughout the church. He issued decrees that became law in Spain, Gaul, and Italy, demonstrating his zealous welfare for the entirety of the church. He also reinstated St. John Chrysostom as the bishop of Constantinople, who was disposed by the heretics there. So a great grace there. It's always interesting to me how many saints knew each other. Friends uh, make friends saints. He also censored the Bishop of Jerusalem for his negligence in his duties, which I think is also very interesting. The fact that he was the Bishop of Jerusalem didn't commit heresy. They, he censored him for being negligent and not being fortright enough, not being strong enough. Now, Pope Innocent I ratified the condemnation of the Pelagian bishops of Africa who denied the need for grace and salvation. So let's pray to Pope St. Innocent I today that we have people in the church today, especially our Pope and our prelates, to have a strong and transigent stance against error, against heresy, and for God and for the church. And so Pope St. Innocent I, pray for us. Now, good morning to you. You made it to Friday. Happy Friday to you. Congratulations. Can you believe that you have actually endured the entirety of the week and made it to the weekend. And speaking of endured, joining us right now is Rudy Carlos, who endured the week himself. Uh, good morning to you, Rudy. Good morning, Adrian. I'm back. I did endure. It was, uh, I got to tell you, it was a rough week after not being on the show so long and waking up this early. I'm back on the on the saddle here. I told Ashley yesterday, my wife, I said, I think I need one more week to get all used to this. But you know what, Adrian? The existence of a Pope Innocent implies that there's a Pope guilty. <laughs> Have you thought about this? Um, I suppose. Uh, the It is kind of strange, though. I mean, I'd be very curious to know why he decided to take the name Innocent. Yeah. That's, because Pope Innocent II took the name because... It's because he was guilty. Because he was... Nah, just kidding. Wanted to be named after <laughs> after Pope St. Innocent I. Right. But then what would make him decide, you know, he like, you know what name I should take? Innocent. Innocent. Like, what if I became Pope and I was like, you know what, I'm going to be uh, Pope Prudence. Or Pope Clement. Prudence the first. Yeah. Oh, Clements, I guess. So I, I think guess. they were taking on virtues. virtues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's the case. It's very interesting. I never really thought about that too much. Hmm. That's very fascinating. And this, guys, okay. Honestly, before we jump into the day, I need prayers. 
<laughs> I need prayers. I need lots of prayers because uh, I'm getting my uh, wisdom teeth extracted today. And they're going to get these pinchers, put them into my mouth, and just yank out my teeth. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. I'm not entirely certain. I, it may be a little bit more sophisticated than that, but I, that's how, how I imagine it in my head. Wimp. <laughs> oh, sorry. Excuse me. And I, I do, and I don't do these things well. I do not do these, <laughs> not do these things well. So I'm, uh, I'm freaking out a little bit. So after the show today, I am going to um, have, go through and get these, uh, these, these pearly whites uh, ripped out of my mouth. So on Monday, you'll see me with dentures. It'll be great. Saint Apollonia, pray for us. Oh, it's yes, also please. my beloved daughter's second birthday. Please oh, pray for Maria Therese today, if you remember. I would really appreciate that. Amen. Amen. So. Happy birthday to your daughter. I hope she has a better day than I will. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> they say the terrible twos is a real thing, and I'm sort of experiencing it now. So, yeah, Well, let's hope not. True. Let's hope not. Well, prayers for your daughter. Uh, before we get going, Sammy Rodriguez Jr., the president of the GRN, wants to share an inspiring and encouraging message with you during these trying times. So look out for a letter from Sammy in the coming days which will reveal valuable insight for daily growth. If you don't receive one, reach out to Sammy. Email him at grnonline at grnonline.com. That's grnonline at grnonline.com, and he will happily send you one. Now, coming up in this hour, at 15 past the hour, um, my friend got assaulted, and we're going to talk to him about how that happened. Some lady, he was standing up on the sidewalk saying that uh, to protect children, and this lady decided to get some spray paint and sprayed him in the face. So we're going to talk about that at 15 past the hour. At 30 past the hour, the Satanic Temple says they have religious abortions. And I thought they were just secular atheists. Um, well, according to them, their abortion is a religious ritual for them. So maybe we should believe them. Oh, yeah. And at 45 past the hour, California is set to eradicate parental rights. So that's concerning. Uh, yikes. Okay. And that's a that's a move certainly that they're gonna that they're trying to make there, and in the next hour, a movie is not worth sending over. A very good article written by Crisis Magazine editor. Um, we have we're gonna be talking about that in the next hour. And as always, we have our fear and trembling game show. And today's the day we give away the prize. And I have to say, coolest prize ever. Stuff from the Holy Land. It's gonna. It's pretty epic. It's pretty epic. So you're not gonna want to miss it. You're gonna want to be the first caller. So you can hop on as early as the top of the seven o'clock hour. And if you do, then you can hang out with us and wait on hold, and we'll get to you when the game starts. But let's begin in prayer. We're gonna pray for your needs, whatever it is that you have going on in your life. We're praying for that intention, praying for our friends, family, and benefactors, and all those we promise to pray for. And please pray for me that my surgery goes well and. I uh, have the virtues of uh, courage and calm, and also, in a special way, we pray for Emily Esterman, uh, the our former co-host of the Catholic Dry Time Show. We pray for Emily and her husband, and that they are strengthened during this time, and that their daughter, Sienna, is miraculously healed, and that she endures those uh, many medical problems that she's going through right now. So prayers for Sienna and for the Esterman family. We begin with prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. O my God, I beg of thee, in union with the Immaculate Heart of Mary, that through the merits of the precious blood offered to thee in every sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, to grant that this day one sinner may be converted, one mortal sin be averted, one soul in doubt be converted to truth, 
one soul about to die in sin receive the grace of repentance and a happy death, and the deliverance of that soul in purgatory which is nearest heaven. I wish by this offering to console the heart of Jesus in agony for souls lost through the teaching of error against the true church of Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. May thy blood, O Lord, be my salvation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now, your headline news with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. You're listening to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Here are your Friday headlines for today. Postmillennial reports bipartisan coalition of lawmakers moves to prevent foreigners and corporations from buying U.S. farmland. Concerns over enemy nations using farmland for nefarious purposes and billionaires outbidding local farmers to buy up tracks to build monopolies have grown in recent years, prompting the government to take action. According to data from the United States Department of Agriculture, in 1993, fewer than 32,500 non-family-held corporations owned farmland and owned less than 5% of all U.S. farmland. But by 2014, however, that number had jumped to 10%. This has come with a massive spike in the cost of farmland, with a 75% increase of $3,800 per acre since 2008. Catholic News Agency reports, Conservatives go to red states and liberals go to blue as country grows more polarized. Excuse me, this is actually from the AP. Americans are segregating by their politics at a rapid pace, helping to fuel the greatest divide between states in modern history. The split has sent states careening to the political left or right, adopting diametrically opposed laws on some of the hottest issues of the day. For example, in in Idaho, Abortion is illegal once a heartbeat can be detected in a child as early as five or six weeks. And the new law passed this year makes it a crime to help a minor travel out of the state to obtain one. In Colorado, the state prevents any restrictions on abortion. And in Idaho, a new law prevents minors from accessing so-called gender-affirming care, while Colorado allows youths to come from other states to access the procedures. CNA reports, Mexican bishops submit indigenous liturgical adaptations to the Vatican for approval. This is a concerning story. The appointment of a senior layperson would be incorporated as an addition to the new ritual proposed. That person's function will lead to community prayer when appropriate. The senior layperson is a man or woman who in the community is entrusted with praying for the entirety of the community. They are chosen by them because they trust him or her. In addition, they say Thanksgiving after communion will on some occasions be performed with a ritual dance. And those are your breaking news and stories for now. Keep it dialed on Catholic Drive Time for more. Back to you, Adrian. Thank you very much. The Gospel of the Day is conclusion. Finally, we made it through the parable of the sowers. Now our Lord here again explains what the parable actually means. So now we actually get into it. He says, When one heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth not, there cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he that receiveth the seed by the wayside. So he's saying, yes, so the seed that's passed on the side of the road, the seed that is the one who hears the word of the kingdom, but does not understand it. And then Satan comes and he snatches what was sown out of your heart because You did not allow, you did not allow the word to be understood. It was the failure of someone to try to seek to understand. Now, then in verse 20, he says, And he that hath received the seed upon the stony ground is he that heareth the word and immediately receiveth with joy. 
So this is a very common, many people. I like to think of this whenever I think of those who are going to a lot of these conferences. They kind of have a good time. They hear the word. They get on fire. But then, in verse 21, he explains, Yet hath he not root in himself, but it's only for a time. And when there ariseth tribulation and persecution because of the word, he is presently scandalized. Hmm. What do we see here? Because there was no root, because it did not sink into the ground, because there was no foundation to the faith, as soon as persecution or tribulation comes, as soon as suffering comes, as soon as things become difficult, they are scandalized, and eventually they flee. Now verse 22 says, And he that receiveth the seed among thorns is he that heareth the word, and the care of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, choketh up the word, and he become fruitless. Now, this is interesting because St. Gregory, when he comments on this, he says, Who would ever believe me if I wish to interpret thorns to mean riches, especially since the former prick and the latter give pleasure? He's saying here, many people think that thorns prick us and hurt us, which is true, but they believe that riches give pleasure. And so if I was to tell you, no, trust me, the thorns are riches. You would not believe me. So St. Gregory says, and yet riches are thorns because they lacerate the mind with the punctures of their thoughts. And when they draw to sin, they inflict, as it were, a bloody wound. This is a very true thing. It's something that we must guard ourselves with because it's not that riches or wealth will condemn us to hell, but instead it makes it more difficult. It makes us worry about the things of the world rather than the things of the Lord. He says deceitfulness, riches are deceitful because they draw away the mind from God and salvation to vain and hurtful wealth, which is often a cause of many sins and of damnation. Now, this is important to keep in mind because we should have our minds on the things of God. But when they are on the things of the world, they become preoccupied. We become enamored with the promises that wealth gives us. Those promises of joy, of pleasure. But many times, instead, they often hurry men into the eternal pains of hell. So, instead of worrying about the kingdoms of the world, let us glory of the dignities of of us to be among the Senate of the Angels and strive for the Heavenly Kingdom. We'll be right back in just one moment. Hey, Donnie, when we see Christ on the cross, what do we call that? A crucifix. And who said, preach Christ and Him crucified? St. Paul. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, since every religion claims to be true, well, then none of them are true? Even though this is not a very intelligent comment, it does not prevent people from saying it. G.K. Chesterton says probably one of the creeds is right and the others are wrong. Logically, most of the views must be wrong. But there's nothing logical to the idea that all must be wrong. 
think about betting on a horse. Many people bet on the wrong horse, but some bet on the right horse. And sometimes even the favorite has been known to come in first. But that's the point. Something comes in first. The fact that there are many beliefs does not destroy the fact that there is one well-founded belief. So don't say that the variety of beliefs prevents you from accepting any beliefs. It's not logical. And it's not a very good way to bet, either. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org. And welcome back to Catholic Drive Time Show. It's 16 past the hour. And... We're going to be discussing this insane video that came out yesterday. After the show yesterday, I uh, was just chatting with Rudy and Taylor, and I saw this video come up onto my suggested by TFP Student Action, and I was watching the video, and there was utter insanity going on in Chicago, which I guess I shouldn't have been too uh, too surprised by that. But I wanted to invite a member of the TFP on, so... Joining us right now is Evan Olwell with the TFP. Uh, he's with TFP Student Action. They are currently on caravan traveling around the country promoting Catholic values. Uh, good morning to you, Mr. Evan. Oh, let's see. Maybe the phones, make sure the phones are on. Good let's morning. See. There you go. There we go. Perfect. There you go. Mr. Evan, good morning to you. It's nice to hear your voice. Uh, Mr. Evan, tell me about the, let's start with the campaign first. What were y'all doing in Chicago to begin with? Yes, Adrian. So um, every summer, a team of uh, young TFP student action volunteers will pick a topic or an issue that seems especially um, important uh, to, to, our, to our culture and to our country. So um, this summer, we decided to pick as a topic, the, the defense of children's innocence from uh, our highly, uh, our increasingly sexual culture, particularly the attacks against uh, children in schools and libraries, uh, bathrooms, et cetera, across the country. So that was the topic that, uh, that brought us to the streets of Chicago um, just this last, this past Monday, uh, right in front of the Art Institute of Chicago, which if you're familiar with it, it's that very iconic building with the, uh, the stone lions in the front of it yeah the the stone lions are very um very elegant there it's actually very nice considering that typically the artwork there is not exactly the uh, the greatest things that we've ever seen the the, the nice statues outside the actually the facade is very nice but this uh the reaction that y'all got at first the the video kind of seems as though y'all kind of had a surprisingly amount of positive reactions so let's start there what were the positive reactions like Yes, uh, we absolutely did. Um, we would affirm that amongst Americans, uh, at least 60% of Americans agree with what we're doing, at least 60%. And uh, that's what we could witness on the streets of, of even as large and as liberal a city as Chicago. Um, we, had, uh, we had a gentleman who was originally from Sudan, now a taxi driver living in Chicago, he actually pulled over um, several blocks away, parked his taxi so that he could join us and hold one of our honk signs. Wow, um, that's incredible. We even had, uh, we had some business women passing by, and this was interesting. Um, one was an African-American lady, the other was Anglo-Saxon, and um, they began talking with me. The Anglo-Saxon woman said, after a little bit of explaining what we were doing, everything was very civil. She said, I just want you to know, I completely disagree with everything that you're doing which is, uh, was a bit surprising because she was being so civil. 
And then what was interesting was her uh, her colleague, the uh, the African American lady, she she looked at her friend and she said, "Really? Because I agree with everything that they're doing." <laughs> and then uh, they kind of looked at me and they said, "We're gonna we're gonna be talking about this." And they started walking down the street. So it's really uh, sparking uh, sparking conversation on the street. Um, where, uh, where previously maybe there would have been no conversation or, uh, or debate about this issue. Um, it's really but interesting. a lot of support, a lot of, a lot of honks. Uh, we hold a honk sign so that the public in their cars can participate, and we get a lot of honks. It's surprising to me that there would be anybody who would disagree with it because uh, many times the, uh, the signs are very polemical and it's very uh, – and I can understand why it gets the reaction it does. Um, like for instance, when you have a sign against uh, anti-abortion, I know people love their abortion so they can see the reaction there. Sometimes it's uh, something against LGBT ideology, but the sign only says – all the sign says is preserve our children's innocence. Stop the sexualization of children. Like this very specific uh, thing that is being stood up for, and yet it was really shocking to me to see some of the negative reactions. So let's go into that. Um, what was the negative reactions of reaching the the culmination of when y'all had to call the police? Well, so our campaign we typically target you know rush hour or uh, lunch hour. So this campaign in front of the art institute was over the lunch hour. We were there for uh, two hours, and it was. It was actually towards the very end, um, in particular when we were about to leave. So that's always the most dangerous time is when we're a little bit distracted, um, rolling up our banners. Uh, right when we were about to leave, there was, uh, there was a few different people. There was a man with a megaphone who was making very absurd affirmations. His affirmation was, uh, it's well documented there are tens of thousands of abuses in the Catholic Church every day. This was his affirmation. So... That was one person. Um, there was another person, a, uh, a woman, <clears throat> who uh, she tried to grab one of our signs, our honk signs, and uh, run away with it. We were able to stop her. And then the, the, another person was uh, another woman who um, she was hanging around for some time, a lot of vitriol, a lot of uh, emotions, uh, a lot of hatred, using profane language, um, at a certain moment, she said, I'll be back, and she left, and we, we kind of forgot about her. All of a sudden, she appeared again, and this time she had a spray can. It was a spray paint can of about a, a red color or rust color, and she began to spray all of our materials, our signs, our banner, and in the, in the, uh, in the process of trying to stop her, these, these are materials we need uh, for our tour. She was spray painting our volunteers uh, in the face, and all over our clothing as well. And while she was doing it, she was shouting, bigots, why are you so hateful? Uh, and that was the culmination, which trying to defend ourselves, um, trying to stop her from spraying us, there was another man who came along and, and shoved, uh, shoved one of our volunteers as well, threw coffee at us uh, as well. Yeah, that was absolutely insanity to see the video, and I highly recommend that people go to TFP Student Action a YouTube channel and check out the video themselves because it really shows you the reality of the, these people, how what they actually think and believe. Because it is, um, it was very concerning. Now there was this one man that you were arguing with, and you made the comment. You said you represent the LGBT movement very well. Uh, what was the conversation that you were having with this man? That's that's correct. Um, so. 
our, our team of volunteers, we do have amongst us a few under the age of 18. These are young men in high school that have sacrificed some of their summer vacation to do this tour. And this man, uh, when he first approached us, he went up to one of these minors amongst our group. And then every sort of vile, foul sort of idea or language just began to pour out of his mouth. And he was within inches from our young volunteer's face. So I put my, I placed myself to try to shield uh, our young volunteer from this, um, from all of this, from all of this impurity, really. And um, he didn't have any argument. When, when I tried to ask him, can we have a civil conversation? And uh, he said, no, I don't want to have a civil conversation. I said, why can't you be tolerant of us if you always preach tolerance? And he said, I'm, uh, I do not tolerate intolerant people, um, which is something that we frequently experience the, uh, the LGBT movement um, stating in the streets. They, they say that tolerance is not a two-way street. So in that regard, I was saying, well, you really represent the LGBT movement very well because our, our, um, our campaign, we want to defend children's innocence in a very civil, um, a respectful way. That's why we take to the streets. But you cannot, you cannot meet us on that same standing. You can't be civil. You can't be respectful. You are the ones who are intolerant. You are the ones who are hateful in your uh, in your attacks against our uh, against our activities. So, Mr. Evan, this is Rudy Carlos. It's a pleasure to speak with you, and I've followed your videos for a long time. You know the TFP student action videos on YouTube. You can see them, and uh, you know viewer discretion have maybe maybe it should be a good day when you watch them, not a bad day because <laughs> it'll just upset you a lot. But I'm wondering, Mr. Evan, you know you see so much vitriol. You know, what keeps you going? What keeps you going to, to continue to go out there and put it all on the line and, and just kind of challenge the culture? What keeps you going? Um, for us, we, we really take comfort in, um, in the, the words of our Lord who said, Blessed are those who are persecuted for my name's sake, for they shall see uh, the kingdom, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. So that is, that is one thing that, um, that brings us a lot of uh, calm, Amen. courage, and confidence, and that uh, we see that this is, this is a very key issue in our culture today. And um, our Lord, he in particular gave a special um, preference to children. He said, let the little ones come to me. He said it, was, it would be better for a man to tie a millstone around his neck. These are very strong words, but these are the words of our Lord, uh, and be cast into the sea than to scandalize one of these little ones. And so we want to, this is what's um, uh, encouraging us or inspiring us to take to the streets. Um, and we always have uh, before us, we always have the, the protection of our Blessed Mother and our guardian angels with us in the streets as we do this. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's very encouraging, and I think uh, many people are encouraged by seeing the videos. I, I'm never depressed when I see the videos. I see them, and I'm just like, yeah, like there we go. I, I, I get pumped up, and I'm like, I want to I wanna go out there and be out there with you guys. And uh, so make sure that uh, the, the if you all see the TFP members throughout the U.S., uh, stop by and uh, join them in prayer. It would be a, a great opportunity to try to uh, promote good values. Now, before we run out of time, um, tell me about the actually, uh, whatever you called the police on this lady who was assaulting y'all and the man who threw coffee at y'all. Um, what happened after that? Yes, well, uh, by that time, both of the uh, aggressors, as we would call them, those who attacked us, um, they had both fled. 
So uh, the police, they did a- arrive very quickly, actually, um, and uh, we're very grateful for that. Um, but by that time, they were gone. Several people had called the police. There was actually a whole crowd in front of the art uh, institute that had formed and, and was witnessing everything, which uh, it, it really makes the the LGBT movement look very bad. It really unmasks them. Um, but the police arrived. We were able to file a report with them. Very helpful. Um, a few interesting kind of dry, some dry wit, um, because the man who, who threw coffee at us and shoved us, he had a T-shirt that said, best uncle ever. I, I told that to the police. They said, well, apparently not. And um, they also had asked about the, the young lady. Um, I said, well, she, they said, did she say anything? Well, she, she cussed us out. She sprayed us and she ran. And we said, oh, well, that's very brave of her, you know. Uh, but they, they went into, they went into uh, to pursue her. Um, and as of yet, we haven't heard back uh, what the results are. But we have filed a, um, an assault uh, charge against her. That's good. And so they actually were able to find her before she was, whenever they, she took off? No, sir. We're, we're still waiting to, uh, to hear word back. Oh, okay. But, you know, a few of us, we have, the, uh, we have the suspicion that she actually works at the Art Institute. Um, um, so it's, it is possible uh, that she, she will be found. Um, we'll see. Well, let's hope because uh, these people can't get away with these kind of things and they, they need to have the full force of law impose on them. And so I'm glad that y'all are not just simply saying, all right, let's move on. But y'all actually are moving towards pressing charges. That is a great thing. And more people need to do this. We can't just let people uh, bully us. All right, Mr. Evan, God bless you. God love you. And we're going to be asking everyone to pray for the TFP as they travel across America, promoting Catholic values. But God love you, Mr. Evan. Thank you, Adrian. God bless. And that's going to do it. We'll be right back in just one moment. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. If Jesus brought two of the greatest Old Testament saints to meet with three of the greatest New Testament saints at the Mount of Transfiguration, can you say with any assurance that they were not alive, aware, and able to communicate? So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, the Bible. Luke 9 says, quote, Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus. Did you catch that? They were talking with Jesus. That means they have cognitive capability. Secondly, heavenly friends. Those in heaven long for your prayer requests. Their intercession far exceeds your best friend's prayers here on earth. Sorry to say that. And thirdly, a pesky comeback. Well, Oral Roberts University has the prayer tower. TBN has a prayer department. Your home church probably has a prayer hotline. Well, guess what? Heaven has on-demand, pure, unselfish prayer warriors known as the great cloud of witnesses. They're waiting on you. I don't know why I turned on my radio because I've kept my radio off for years. And once I turned it on, I was absolutely hooked. I love the shows with the Catholic apologists. I love the shows with the sort of day-to-day psychologist, Greg and Lisa Popchek. I love hearing not just of other people's problems who call in, but I love getting the Catholic take on how to deal with day-to-day reality. The Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and here's some more headlines for you. Breitbart reports radical abortion amendment to appear on November ballot. A radical abortion amendment will be on the November ballot in Ohio, which would enshrine abortion on demand into the state constitution if passed. 
An August 8th special election could determine the likelihood of the abortion amendment's passage. In August, Ohioans will have the opportunity to vote on Issue 1, an amendment that would raise the threshold to pass future amendments to the state constitution from 50% to 60%. Proponents of Issue 1 say the amendment will protect Ohio's constitution for out-of-state special interest groups that too often circumvent the legislature to buy their way into the constitution, like the local affiliates of national pro-abortion groups pushing the abortion on-demand amendment. The National Catholic Register reports, It's Shark Week! Researchers say that a fatal 1640 Maryland attack possesses deeper Catholic context. This is an interesting story. A Maryland colonist, in an effort to beat the heat of a hot summer day in 1640, waded into the cooling waters of St. Mary's River for an afternoon swim, oblivious to the presence of a lethal predator lurking nearby. Scarcely had he touched the water when a huge fish seized him, biting off a large portion of the man's thigh, according to a contemporary account. He died from his wounds soon after. This account was originally chronicled by, uh, in Latin by one of the Maryland's earliest and most respected Jesuit missionaries. After carefully analyzing his account, researchers believe it may well document the earliest recorded case of an unprovoked fatal shark attack of a recreational swimmer in North America. Thank you, Jesuits. And Catholic Vote on their loop email says, Family pays for slain soldier's body to be shipped home. Congressman Kevin Kiley from California is challenging Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin as to why a Roseville, California family paid $60,000 to have their daughter's body transported to Arlington National Cemetery for burial. Marine Sergeant Nicole Gee was one of the 13th U.S. service members that were killed on August 26, 2021 in a suicide bombing at Hamid Karzai International Airport in Afghanistan. Please pray for the repose of her soul. Those are all of your headlines this morning. May God bless all of your holy efforts today. And thank you very much, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. And uh, I didn't realize we were already in Shark Month. Well, we're at the end of Shark Week. Oh, Shark Week. Yeah, it's uh, it ends on Saturday. I had no idea it was Shark yeah. Week. Hmm. But, uh, When's Shark Month? Is that a whole thing? Like a Shark Month? Or is it just Shark Week? It is that may have gotten shark expanded. Week? It may have been. Maybe I'm, I'm just sure. with the Lulu, and I'm just like, actually, it's uh, actually supposed to be... It's, it's well, always they, a week. They make a week. everything a month now. Yeah, so that's true. it's uh, everything besides what it actually is. You know, like the month of the Sacred Heart, the Precious Blood. Uh, it's everything else, right? Oh, but uh, thankful for the Jesuits for writing down and keeping good records. Yeah, imagine uh, Maryland keeping a document in Latin. That's pretty <laughs> cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I miss Shark Week. Oh, well, too late now. Speak in honor of Shark Week, I will get my teeth removed. Oh, Ow. true, because sharks, they just lose yeah, their teeth just, all the time. And they right? just grow them back, though. Oh, yeah. Or is it that they have rows of teeth? And well, they, they, just, they, like, have, they have rows. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's so what once, it is. Once one gets dull, it just pops off. That's so uh, convenient. It is convenient, isn't it? I wish it? that would just work out for me as well. And they're not impacted or anything. Yeah, they don't no need anesthesia. Yeah. They don't need to get knocked out and uh, go through immense pain, kind of like you are going to. Oh, never mind. Uh, I shouldn't it's remind you of that. Me. Never mind. Never it's over mind. for me. I'm just, I'm, it's over. Just If I'm not back on Monday, I died. You uh, know, the sharks, <laughs> they don't even have to wake up in the middle of the procedure under anesthesia so they can't scream out in pain like you will i mean never wow. mind never mind I'm wow. sorry okay <laughs> i shouldn't um, say that sorry it's officially over it's officially <laughs> over i am just gonna give up on life it's fine no big deal all right so
here is the story. Speaking of uh, bad news, of pain and suffering, um, in New Mexico, they are still having abortions there. In fact, the abortion rate in New Mexico has skyrocketed since Roe v. Wade, because since Roe v. Wade was overturned, because they are considering themselves basically a sanctuary state for abortion. In fact, it was interesting whenever the this was happening, the whole uh, ter- overturning of Roe v. Wade. A member of the TFP, Mr. Cesar, and I actually drove from Houston to El Paso to participate in the El Paso March for Life. And we, while we were there, there were a lot of people from New Mexico that came over to join in on the in the march because it's literally five minutes across the border to New Mexico. And the and many people were telling us they were saying, yeah, there are a lot of people are talking about how they're going to start busing people from texas into new mexico in order to have abortions and new mexico started having uh, started helping fund people to be able to do this kind of thing they're incredibly pro-abortion state it's really concerning now all that being said the story gets worse so you're thinking how could this possibly get worse right so in the state of new mexico the satanic church or the satanic temple rather says that their health their health center is a satanic ritualistic abortion center and that abortion is not a uh, life-saving and if and that I'm sorry re, let me restate this my, my brain is like all messed up right now the Elisa Martinez who is the executive director for New Mexico's Alliance for Life she says about this is the state of New Mexico fully disclosing to women that the satanic temple health is a satanic ritualistic abortion center and the abortion is not a life-saving procedure and that it involves the ending of an innocent human life, she asked. Now, they call themselves TST Health, but that stands for the Satanic Temple Health. And so they are doing, they call themselves, they tell themselves that they are doing religious abortions. It's one of the things that they are always promoting. We have to keep that in mind because many people, they like to pretend that they're not. And if you even if you ask them, they'll say things like, Oh, no, we're just trying to be provocative. We don't actually believe in Satanism. Oh, we don't even believe Satan is real. We're atheist. Rituals, no, we're not. It's a regular abortion. We're just regularly murdering babies. There's nothing ritualistic about it. No, they are 100% doing ritualistic things. They tell you if you can trust someone who calls themselves a follower of the father of lies, then I don't know what to tell you. Like if I, if you're going to believe those people who are like, yes, my father is, in fact, the father of lies and I am devoted to him. Um, you should definitely trust me. I'm going to say no there. I'm going to put a big L on that one. So definitely something that we should keep in mind and keep aware because this narrative is repeated over and over and over again. Oh, no, the standing church, they're not real Satanists. No, no, they're just atheists. No, they're just being provocative. Don't give them any attention because then you're just giving them what they want. No, we have to give them attention because we need to resist this. We need to stand up against it. And if you are in New Mexico, then I highly recommend um, maybe organizing some rosary rally campaigns across New Mexico because this is very bad and it can only be stopped by Almighty God. This makes me think of Zachary King, who is the, the former uh, high wizard of the, of the Satanic Church. And he talks about how they would they used to have... At least one Satanist that worked at an abortion clinic so they could let them in and they could perform ritualistic abortions. And that they said that the only times in which that he failed to do a ritualistic abortion 
was when people were praying the rosary outside of the abortion clinic. In fact, he says at the time, because he was a Baptist who became a Satanist, he didn't know what the rosary was. So he said that they had to write up a report of why they failed in their, in their ritualistic abortions. And they said that they would, he would put in his reports that these people were outside with prayer beads. And he didn't know what it was. And only after he converted to Catholicism that he re- remembered that and he recognized it was the Holy Rosary that was preventing them from doing abortions, that caused them to have failures of their attempts. So what is the answer to all of our problems? Our Lady of Fatima told us when she came in 1917, we must do penance. We must have a minute of life and we must pray the rosary every single day. And a public stance against these things is always going to be better. St. Louis de Mumford in his book, Secret of the Rosary, when he talks about this, he says to pray the rosary publicly as a group provides greater graces. So don't let anybody discourage you because many people will try to come up and they try to tell you, oh, why don't you just go pray in the privacy of your home? We have to make a public stance against public error. We cannot allow them to take the public sphere. We have to influence public perception. We have to appeal to the angels. And we have to show the public that there is resistance against these evils. So the state's pro-abortion governor has allocated $10 million in taxpayer dollars to help bankroll an abortatory strategically positioned on the border of pro-life Texas. See, that I was uh, unaware of, but that's not surprising because there was a huge talk about trying to market to Texans, which isn't it disgusting that they're talking about marketing, marketing abortion. They're marketing their abortion to Texans who are across the border where we are a free state, the free state of Texas, the state of uh, protecting babies. And they, this is what they're trying to do. The abortion numbers went from 4,900 in 2021 to 11,000 in 2022. They doubled their abortions in a year. And he said, thus far, as of 2023, as of today, 5,300 abortions. They're on track to beat out their numbers last year. Last year, This is very bad. And we have to stand up against this. If not us, then who? So let's continue. The pro-life fight is still ongoing. We cannot rest until every life is protected from womb until their death. We'll be right back with more right after this. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. What does it take to constitute an actual church? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, a gathering of Christians is not automatically a church. Although Matthew 18 says, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am in their midst, that is not a text to be interpreted as a premise for a church. That's a requirement to legitimize an accusation. Secondly, Catholic teaching. Christ established and sustains the church as both a mystical community and a visible organization with hierarchy and jurisdiction. And thirdly, my take. Eventually, you have to decide what one item is absolutely essential for our Lord to say, that's my church. So is it a church if there's simply a common belief in the Bible or perhaps just a doctrinal agreement? Is it compliance to the Apostles' Creed? Could it be the stamp of approval from a denomination? Maybe an ordained pastor makes it officially a church. So, you know that place you've been attending every Sunday morning at 10 a.m.? Maybe it's not even a church. Maybe it's just a good, healthy hangout. Ooh. Hey, Donnie, who were the first two people God created? Adam and Eve. There you go. And what did we inherit from them? 
original sin. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time Show. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. It's so good to be on with you today. Praise be to God. It is about 45 past the hour. And there are some things that I think are concerning. And I always wonder, like, why is it that every single news outlet talks about California? Like, when I look at the news and I pull it up, whether it be Catholic Votes... LifeSite News, Daily Wire, Epic Times. There's always just tons and tons of stuff about California. And I was thinking about it. and I was Because it's the greatest state, Adrian. <laughs> Let's be honest. Well, apparently <laughs> apparently not. No, it is. Apparently not. The, it's it's interesting, the most though. beautiful state, I would say. It probably is the most beautiful state. I'll probably give you that. I would concede that point. The um, In the Catholic vote article it says we say that what happens in california doesn't stay in california and that's true and so people really need to be paying attention because if you see it in california a year or two later they're going to be trying to do it in your state and i think that's why people focus on california because california is like two or three years ahead of the curve Mm. they're always a couple years ahead of the curve in terms of what the revolution is doing and so we look at california we say okay if this is happening there then it's going to be happening in your hometown soon enough. They're testing the waters because they can easily get their agenda passed in California, and then they can now apply it to other states. And so that's kind of the reason why I think these stories come up so often and why we focus on them. And the reason why I bring this up is because there are two bills that are coming, that are being presented in California that many are saying is going to destroy parental rights in California. This is very concerning because these things could be happening in your state next. So let's hope that they um, reject these and that they don't go through. But if they do, I don't know how people raise families there. Now, this bill, AB 957, this bill proposes that a parent's, a parent's affirmation of a child's gender identity or gender expression become a part of the child's health, safety, and welfare. If enacted, this bill could lead to custody disputes where one parent wants to affirm the child's gender identity and the other parent does not. Judges would be required to side with the parent who favors affirming, quote-unquote. The bill passed the state assembly in March and is currently under consideration by the California State Senate. So that's the first bill that's very concerning to keep your eye on. Before I move on to the second one, isn't it weird how... To deny someone's natural born sex is the affirming thing. And to say that, no, you are the way you were born and that you are, you, God made you just the way you were, you're perfect the way you are, is gender denying. Isn't that strange? They, the use of language that the left uses is so clever. It's so pernicious. It's so wicked. It's almost, it's almost respectable of how, how devious it is. The just the destruction of language. Who's to be master? That is the question over language. Now, the second bill here, AB 665, 
This bill, already passed in the state assembly, would allow a minor as young as 12 years old to be emancipated from their parents and transferred into state custody without a court order. Critics of the bill argue that it effectively takes children away from their parents if they are not supportive of certain ideologies or belief. This bill has also made its way to the state Senate for consideration. So, these two bills are being put out. So, if you're in the state of California, and if you are not affirming of your child's decision to identify as the opposite sex because your kid was on TikTok too much, or perhaps he was on uh, in a public school system where the teachers are teaching these in the classroom, and you come home, and the kid comes home one day, and he's like, no, I'm a girl. Your son tells you you're, he's a girl. If you don't affirm him, you could be in trouble for a child, for endangering your child, for putting your child in, in a dangerous situation, for not affirming his health, not taking care of his health. So you could be in trouble for that. Two, your child might be taken away from you. And three, they might mutilate your child by, without your permission. They may just mutilate your kid. What interesting times we live in, Adrian, where the state can step in and say, no, I am I am the, the, the parent of your child. Your child is mine. It's some modern-day slavery that we find ourselves in where a state can come in and do something like that. It's absurdity. And the Californians, the people there, I'm ashamed to say, will probably vote for this and have no problem, no qualm, with passing something like this, giving the state such power, I don't understand it other than our intellect becomes so clouded from so much sin. For, so, for, for, for all of the things that we accept in the culture, that has an effect on our, our soul. That has an effect on our intellect. Look at how much degeneracy is passed in California. Look at how much degeneracy is being passed in uh, New Mexico. And we think to ourselves, Oh, well, it's not in my state, so I guess I won't worry about it too much. What would our Lord say if he were here today? Would he accept this? Our liberty that we have and that we cherish so much here in this United States, it's not liberty for us to do what is wrong. Our liberty is meant and ordered for us to do God's most holy will. Yeah. And Amen. we allow these things. We're not a serious country. Amen. Amen. I think so, too. I think um, people need to stand up. People like Karen England, who is the president of Capital Resource Institute, who is fighting against these ideologies. We need more people like that in every state to be standing up for these rights. And we have to. We have to. Someone has to do it. Someone has to do the hard work of fighting these things. We can't just say, well, it's lost. Let's give up. Because think about it. There was a time when America was filled with nothing but pagans. Mm -hmm. South America was filled with pagans. The darkness of paganism. And yet, a few people coming across the water from Europe, a few monks, people dedicated to God, a few people dedicated and trusting in the providence of God, were able to convert most of all of America, North and South, and at the very least to the Christian faith, most of it to the Catholic faith. And it wasn't until the uh, revolutions that came later that the Catholics were destroyed in the, in the Americas. 
But it tells us that we can win. It's not Absolutely. lost. Yeah, and these people are putting it all on the line. You know, like the, I'll never forget when I was in California, always feeling like I was a fish out of water, you know. Uh, finally waking up in 2016 and thinking to myself, whoa, actually a lot of the things that I had supported all of my life just blindly without actually questioning it or thinking about it critically, those things are wrong. And now I'm in the complete minority here and I feel like I can't express myself among my peers anymore. I feel as if my ideas are, are dangerous to them or they, they see me as a threat. I'll never forget that feeling. And so when I see that uh, people stand up in California and they actually go and, and try and pick it or uh, gain awareness uh, against these, these degeneracies, I feel so, so, so great for them. I, it feels amazing to see these people do it and put it all on the line because in California, they are the minority. Now, moving here in, into Texas, I feel a little bit more comfortable, but I remember that discomfort that they're going through, and surely they're going through it right now. We have to keep them in our prayers. Now, it's interesting because England made a point saying that the erosion of parental rights in California really started when the state passed a law mandating K-12 through sex ed, and that no parent and no school district was allowed to do an opt-in program. I didn't know that was a thing in California. And apparently it's been a thing since I think they are saying 2016 or maybe 2016 was when it was proposed. But it seems as though this has been going on in California for a very long time. The brainwashing of children. And it's, that's what it is. It's a brainwashing. of It's indoctrination of the children. It's a brainwashing of the children. And then it's and then it's the perversion of your children. These things are being pushed in other states as well. It's not just California that has these kind of ideas of mandatory sex ed. Why do you have strangers teaching your kids about contraceptives, about sexually transmitted diseases? And why is that being taught to your children? Why do some, should strangers be teaching your kids that? And why is the, the things that they teach the kids completely divorced from the reality of what these these gifts from God really are. Our sexuality is meant to bring and collaborate with God, bring life into the world as he did, to be a creator as he was for us. It's a wonderful and beautiful thing. It should be discussed from a Christian perspective by the parents. But instead, we see the, the, the school just completely turn it into an inversion, a corruption of what it is. Yeah, I'm looking at... I'm looking at the... Uh at the text that they give to fifth graders. And oh, I can't, you yeah. can't even read it. You can't. I can't yeah. even read this because it's so bad. I, I, I'm, it's degenerate. I'm flabbergasted that they're reading this to children. This was not something that was, I mean, in the state of Texas, this is something that never, never was, uh, was proposed to. Nothing like this was proposed to me in the state of Texas. And I'm just absolutely, wow. Wow. That's so concerning. And, yeah, I mean, we have to, we cannot relinquish this ground because if we do, if we just give up, one, this is not charity to those who are suffering under this. These children who did not choose this, they need someone to stand up for them. They can't stand up for themselves. And so our duty is to stand up for those who need us to stand up for them. Wow. Wow. This is very bad. So, 
that's something to keep in mind and something to keep in mind about what's going on. We talk about like keeping up with what's going on in Canada, things like that, our top hat, because they say what's happening in Canada is going to happen in the States. It's even more true of looking at California. What's happening in California is going to be coming here in America. Uh, I always say that. It's a slip of the tongue. I don't actually mean to say that. I always say, <laughs> when I say California and America as if they're not, California is not America. Um, Kind of a funny joke, but I absolutely didn't mean <laughs> don't mean it. <laughs> but there you go, folks. Uh, now, the last thing I want to bring up here before we have to go to a break here for the top of the hour is that California also, a few days ago, there is this massive campaign against the parents who took part in the Hide the Pride event where they were going to local libraries and they were checking out the books that were bad. They're inappropriate and getting rid of them. And many people were doing that, and there have been a media campaign against them in the public sphere showing that these people were bad for doing this. I think this is good. And I think this is that more people need to start having kind of this civil disobedience. And then the women who were specifically targeted by this, Amy and Martha, uh, Amy Vance and Martha Martin, they both said that. that they plan to participate and hide the pride again next year. That they, she's not deterred. They're not going to be. They're not going to back down against the negative reactions. They're not going to back down from the death threats they got. So we have to stand up against this. We have to be courageous, no matter who you are and where you are, whatever state of life you are. We're all called to protect God's children. So let's keep that in mind. Let's pray. Let's do penance, and let's take action. We'll be right back. We're going to talk about some movies right after this. It is here where you'll find the best marriage counselor, greatest healer, wisest teacher, and closest friend. It's a place where you'll escape the chaos of the world and find the lasting peace that only comes from God. Jesus is personally waiting to embrace you now with his divine mercy and healing love. Jesus is calling you home to his sacred heart today. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Is the very contemporary and popular idea that a faith alone salvation, which occurs by repenting of sins and asking Jesus in one's heart, sufficient to enter and warrant heaven upon death? I say, no, it's not. Many evangelicals will say, just follow the Romans road, which is four verses snatched out of the book of Romans, and when followed, heaven is promised. Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, the Bible. The Gospels, nor the Epistles, nor the Apostolic and early Church Fathers ever wrote anything like this mechanical approach. Secondly, the marriage experience. After wrongdoing and temporary departure from your family, does a simple one-time, hey honey, I'm really sorry, bring you back into the family? And thirdly, teaching of the Catholic Church, water baptism, loving God and neighbor, which is displayed by consistent acts of charity while maintaining a perseverant hope of heaven is the surest way to God's eternal presence. And my pesky comeback, that Romans road is presumptuous and significantly dumbs down the holy value and price of salvation. And remember, that Romans road has some potholes. I actually was gone from the Catholic Church for 35 years. I want to get to heaven. I don't know if I will. I mean, I worry about it. But I not only want to get to heaven at the moment of my death, I want to find as much heaven as possible here on earth. So I need help. I don't know why I turned on my radio because I've kept my radio off for years. And once I turned it on, I was absolutely hooked. The Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. 
Celebrating 2,000 years of truth. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Hi, this is Coach Kimball from Arrows and Drake Jesuit Rugby. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Welcome back to the Catholic Dry Time Show. It's so good to be on with you. There are always things going on in the world that are no bueno, as one one might say. But every now and then, some people like to uh, say, you know what? I'm tired of all the bad news. I'm going to go and veg out a little. I'm going to go to the movies and see what's popping. Should we do that? Quote, unquote. Is that something that we should be doing? Especially considering how popcorn is like $15 for a small. That's true. Dude, I was so mad when I went to the movies last, when I went to go see... um, Sound of Freedom in the movie theater, right? I ordered a large popcorn, and it was like pretty small. It was like a small, like normally, I think shrinkflation, man. It was like this big, the size of like my hands, and it was still like thirteen dollars. Now, from a business perspective, popcorn is the most amazing money generator, right? <laughs> because Cost corn nothing. kernels, yeah, you're paying cents, right? And you're using the most inexpensive seed oil that you could possibly, which I think is palm oil most of the time. So you're spending pennies. You spend maybe 50 cents and you get a $13 price tag on it. That, I don't, don't ask me what that percentage is. Cause I'm terrible at math, but that is a pretty good markup right there. Yeah. That's pretty, it's pretty criminal. Not going to lie. Now going to the movie though. Sometimes I'll buy, I usually I buy nothing at the movies. I'm like, I'm just going to go watch a movie and I don't buy anything. Uh, sometimes <laughs> I will, but I, I like going to the movies. I enjoy going to the movies. The problem is that movies are so bad now. And Eric Sam has put up this article, a movie isn't worth sitting over. And I thought it was really interesting to think about. Because how many times, how many of us will kind of just be like, well, it's a movie. I'm going to just turn my brain off. You know, even though it's bad, I'm just going to, I'm going to watch it anyway. That's something that we have to keep in mind, something we have to keep at the forefront of our mind because it's dangerous for us. It's dangerous what we see, what we hear. All of these things that come into our senses are things that can affect us in ways that we don't even necessarily recognize immediately. So this article, he says, this past weekend saw the release of two major movies, Barbie and Oppenheimer. The juxtaposition of these two very different movies launched a debate on social media. Are you a Barbie or are you an Oppenheimer? Catholics should be neither, says Eric Sammons. The Barbie movie is unsurprisingly woke, anti-man trash. The unrelentingly message of the movie is that men are always dumb and or evil, and women are always smart, independent, and right. So true. Since its creation, the Barbie franchise has managed to combine both misogyny and feminism into one plastic package. I have six daughters, and it would be a dereliction of fatherly duty if I ever encouraged them to play with Barbies. It's a no-brainer that Catholics should not support Barbie. But Oppenheimer is unacceptable for different reasons. In fact, I'd argue it's actually sinful to watch. 
I'm a huge fan of Christopher Nolan, the director of the historical piece on the development of the atomic bomb. When the movie was first announced, I planned to see it. However, I found out that I found out this weekend that the movie contains sexual scenes that contain nudity. Another no-brainer. No Catholic should watch Oppenheimer. This take is surprisingly controversial among Catholics over the years. I've been surprised to see how often Catholics, even ones who promote orthodoxy, including orthodox morality, will encourage people to see movies with nude scenes in them. This is baffling because it it is always a sin to watch such a scene. Always. Full stop. When you take this absolute stand, you get serious pushback among Catholics. It's expected from liberal Catholics who are always seeking to diminish sin and its impact. But it's surprising coming from more conservative Catholics. They will argue that nudity has been represented in great art in the past, but that one can watch scenes without getting aroused, that the movie is more than just that one scene. All of these are excuses. Now, I can actually think of one example of which it would be technically okay, and that would be the uh, in the old days, the parish priest would actually watch the movies ahead of time, and they would flag them. I was going to mention this. Yeah. Have you seen Cinema Paradiso? Yes. I love that movie. I love movie. that movie, yes. It's fantastic. I, I haven't seen it in a while, it's so been I a can't while. recommend it. Yeah. I'm not sure. It might be dangerous. but yeah, It's been a while. There's a scene in that movie, and they depict this priest as being absurd. You know, He would go through the films, and he would chop out all the kissing scenes. He would chop out all the... You know, the, the kind Anything of steamy that was bad. kind of stuff. And you chop it out and then they would slice it all back together and they would film it. They would just show it, right? Well, at the end of the film, after uh, the, the priest is, I think he passes away or is reassigned, uh, they find all of these pieces of film and they re-splice them together and it's just like degeneracy. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that's how it used to be. They would chop that out. And I, I, I would say that if you... Uh, Lord, forgive me for um, promoting the Mormons right now. But if you have something like VidAngel where you can go in and watch a film that cuts those things out for you, I would say that's uh, that's okay in that, yeah. in that regard. And, but I would have to wait several months before I could watch See, something like mm-hmm. Oppenheimer on uh, VidAngel, which I actually don't subscribe to anymore. Yeah, and it's sad because I really wanted to see Oppenheimer. I didn't yeah. know this until I saw uh, Eric's uh, article, and I was like, oh, man, because I – I really wanted to see it. it. Looked like a really good movie. Actually, I wanted to go see it in uh, an IMAX. Yeah, because, uh, seventy million. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was like, that would be so good. That'd be such a fun thing to do. But I guess not. Yeah, I one of our not. insiders, uh, Natalie, uh, she commented, "Hey, I went to go see it, and I was completely, you know, just swept out of my seat. I had no idea this was in there. It was just egregious. Don't watch it." So yeah. after I saw that, I said, mm, "I'm not sure." Yeah. Yeah, so Eric goes on and he talks about this further and but his mention of um of the art I think is good too. Mm. Because the whole idea of depicting nudity in art was once a pagan thing, so the pagans did that. But then it was not a Christian thing until the Renaissance. Mm. And during the time of the Renaissance, which was a time of great decadence in the world, all of a sudden we see these things again. And looking back, we're like, well, look, the people in the, in the Renaissance time did it. Therefore, it must be okay. And I'm thinking the exact opposite. I'm thinking well, the, the Medici family who murdered and killed people were funding the artwork of this. Perhaps it's not really the best thing to do. And, yes, technically speaking, it is absolutely the greatest, the pinnacle of pinnacle human of art. art. Yeah. But what they're depicting is very bad. 
and we should not promote that. In fact, when the Sistine Chapel was painted, it was so scandalous that Pius V had all of the nudity covered up. He had many of the genitalia um, destroyed off the statues. He had some of it covered. And the paintings, he had hired artists to uh, paint leaflets over all the nudity. And it wasn't until, I believe it was John Paul II, who had them all uncovered, who had the, the, the top layer removed and the nudity exposed. And I think this was a grave error. I think this was the wrong thing to do because it began the desensitization of people toward nudity. Nowadays, I get made fun of whenever I say, oh, I got to keep cussing the eyes because a woman's wearing a crop top. Like, oh, Adrian, you're, you're such a prude. You're such a prude. No. And it's like, <laughs> absolutely not. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, no, you, this is not the way women should dress. It's not appropriate. In it's fact, I despise, I despise summertime for that reason, because anywhere you go, it's always just completely on display. It's, it's, it's foul, man. It's foul. We have to keep custody of the eyes, mm-hmm. especially in films. Right. And Eric Sammons, he goes on in his article, he says, one does not have to be aroused watching such a scene for it to still be sinful. Even if not aroused, the time of putting those images in one's mind can lead to later temptations. Further, if I killed someone but took no pleasure in it, I still sinned. The morality of an act does not depend upon my emotional response to it. Even a eunuch should not watch other people engage in sexual relations. It should be remembered that the actors themselves are dehumanized when they engage in and we watch these scenes. And as the catechism states, it is grave injury to the dignity of its participants. To watch such acts is to sin against its participants, even if it does not lead one into temptation. To say that the movie is much more than just that one scene reveals the real reason many Catholics try to defend watching movies like Oppenheimer. They are so scared of being too outside the culture that they willingly sacrifice their integrity rather than to be seen as uncool or weird. Sometimes they will even defend their choice by saying we must be knowledgeable of the culture in order to evangelize it. <laughs> yeah, that's a common one. And, this, and I echo the words of Eric Sammons here. He says, quote, nonsense. <laughs> I'm like, yes, go, Eric. Get his, him. Uh, his saint quote right there. Nonsense. I love it. I love it. He says, there is literally no movie ever created that a Catholic must see. And yeah. one can still engage with non-Catholics without knowing the latest pop culture reference. In fact, by avoiding those evil influences, one is better able to evangelize. You know how often I get made fun of for not knowing music? I don't know. <laughs> I don't listen to music at all. Like I listen like there's a very small subset of music that I like to listen to. And even that subset of music, I rarely listen to. And when it comes to anything that's rock, pop... Um, hip hop, rap, anything in those categories. I the things I know are things that were played when I was in middle school and high school at school dances, at football games, things like that. Short of that, I know nothing. And constantly, they're like, "You don't know this song? How could you not know? You don't know this celebrity? How could you not know this celebrity?" <laughs> and I'm like, honestly, don't care. <laughs> like, why should I care? I think we're fooling ourselves when we think that. Uh... We have to be part of the culture in order to convert it. You know, we have to learn every single cultural pop culture reference. We have to know this song. We have to know this movie. We have to know the personal life of every celebrity that there ever was. And 
And somehow we're, we fool ourselves into thinking that that's the way that we're going to evangelize the gospel. We're going to we're just going to talk about our Lord Jesus Christ in that particular moment. How often I wonder do we actually use those opportunities to talk about it instead of just uh, giving ourselves a pass so that we can be part of the culture? Mm-hmm. How often I think do, it's just giving people a pass. Do we actually evangelize? I would say very very little. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. I think 99.9% of the time people are using this as an excuse to say, I want to be, I just want to see it. Yeah. I just want to see it. Yeah. And I get it. I get it. I, there's a lot of things that I want to watch that I want to see. And I'm like, oh, and then I find out there's some bad in it. And I'm like, gosh, darn it. Now I can't see it because now I know. I'm like, mm. And further, I think, I think Eric Sammons is right. And, and peace be upon him. I like Eric Sammons a lot. Uh, what does this look like in eternity, right? In, in, in terms of eternity, is this really going to change your life in such a way that, that you know, you're going to remember this at the end mm-hmm. of your, your days? I mean, this is just, it's foolish to think that a film or some sort of pop culture piece is going to affect your life in such a way. On your deathbed, you're going to say, I really wish I saw that <laughs> nude scene from Oppenheimer. <laughs> <laughs> and these scenes too, you know, the, the, the scenes in these movies, they add nothing to the story. No. You could easily imply it it Mm -hmm. and not show anything, but Mm -hmm. they show all of this egregious stuff to tantalize people. Mm -hmm. And that's the only reason that there is. There's no other reason. It doesn't add to the story at all. Yeah. He finishes out his article. The last paragraph says, Catholics, do not sell your morality for a Hollywood spoiled bowl of sin. Mm. Treat a movie that has even a single nude scene as you would drink as you would a drink with even a single drop of poison in it. Avoid it. If a movie has a sexual scene with nudity, no matter how brief and no matter how good the movie otherwise might be, don't see it. It's not worth your soul. So there's the article. Go check out the whole article. I skipped a couple paragraphs here and there. And so you, I recommend seeing the whole, par- the whole uh, article. It's only uh, take you two, three minutes to read in its entirety. A very excellent peace yes let's be courageous and sometimes courage means to resist your passions let's have the virtue of temperance and recognize we do not need to cave in to every single passion that overcomes us when we may want something and it's perfectly fine to say you know what i want it but i it's okay i won't go after it i won't do that thing so Let's keep that in mind today. And I guess I won't be seeing Barbie or Oppenheimer. Or Barbenheimer. Or Barbenheimer. I saw a lot of that going on. All right. We're going to go into our game show, Fear and Trembling. Speaking of things that you can do for fun that are Catholic, call in 877-757-9424. giving away the prize today. That number, 877 877- Seven five seven nine four two four. We'll be right back. 
Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Do you really believe in a secret catching away of the church called the rapture? The pages of your Bible are empty of that type of talk. So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, solid biblical doctrine is time-tested. This rapture idea got its wheels rolling by John Darby in about 1830. I mean, have you heard of a third coming? You know you haven't. Secondly, God's nature. There's no reasonable premise in Scripture, let alone in moral reasoning, for the results of a rapture scenario such as this. A Christian pilot is yanked, raptured, out of his jet, while scores of the remaining passengers who are not Christians violently crash to their death. Meanwhile, said pilot is basking in the presence of God. This is absurd, and believe me, this is preached day in and day out. Thirdly, bad fruit. The preacher at your church says, Tonight, don't you be left in that pew alone, while that person next to you gets raptured straight up into heaven. That, my friend, is folly with no foundation. Ever feel like life's just too busy and too much? There's constant noise, social life, traffic, work, paying bills. It just doesn't seem to let up. Well, maybe it's time for a change. See, God offers us relief and hope. So if you're feeling like you need more peace and less chaos, find your hope today. Begin at CatholicsComeHome.com. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And... We actually had a number of people call in, so praise be to God. Thank you to everyone who called in. If you don't get on today, make sure you call in next week. We'll have all new prizes every single week here on Catholic Drive Time. Now, today, though, you may be listening. You may be saying, okay, well, what's going on? What was the fanfare for? Well, the fanfare is for the Fear and Trembling Game Show. Here I have three Catholic trivia questions. The trick is I'm not going to ask you the questions. No, instead, I'm going to ask Rudy the questions. And Rudy's going to give me an answer. It's your job to tell me whether or not he is right or whether or not he is wrong. That means you have a 50-50 chance of getting each and every question correct. And every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? Amazing. So today we're going to be drawing the prize. The prize this week was generously donated but donated by our friends uh, Nick and Nelia, who just went on this incredible pilgrimage to the Holy Land to follow in the glorious footsteps of our Lord. And they brought back all kinds of goodies. So typically you would think, oh, we're just going to give one thing here. They literally brought back a gigantic bag of goodies. And I'm just going to let you know what's in here. There's a cashmere scarf. There's holy water from the River Jordan. There's a Jerusalem cross, which is actually silver. A wooden crucifix charm. A Jerusalem cross with corpus. A Jerusalem rosary. A postcard with a Potter Noster on it. And there's a sticker as well. And I just want to say thank you so much to Nick and Nelia. Please remember them in your prayers today for being so generous to our Catholic Drive Time show. And uh, the winner is obligated to pray for them. Oh, there you go. There you go. It's all right. So that is the prize. And I'm going to be honest, I really wanted that prize. TBH. Um, Nick and Nelly were generous enough to get me a very beautiful cross from the um, from the Holy Land. But I was looking at those prizes and I was like, man, can I just, uh, 
just swap. I'll give away the, the cross <laughs> as a prize, and I'll keep the keep the no goodie one bag. Would ever know? No. Nick and Elia, they would know. Except God, yeah, and God, God would know, yeah. and my guardian angel would know. So I couldn't. So instead of giving you the prize, um, so it is your prize to win this week. Now, joining us right now is Marie. Good morning to you, Marie. Well, good morning, Marie. Where are you calling in from? San Angelo, Texas. San Angelo, Texas. Praise be to God. We love San Angelo, Texas. That is uh, one of my favorite places that I've not been to. Um, it's because Venerable Mary Vigreta appeared there, and I've never oh, so I've never oh, been there. But that's uh, true. But I want to go. I want to go you see. Really, I'd love for you to come see it, especially to see the the statue of the Lady in Blue. I would love to. I've seen pictures of it. And my friends, the TFP, actually drove out there one time, and they uh, went over there, and they sang songs around the statue, and they took pictures, and, I, and they showed it to me. I was like, man, I want to go visit that. A very cool thing. So maybe I'll take a pilgrimage out to San Angelo. That would be cool. Amen, amen. Now, where are you off to this morning, Marie? Where am I off to? Yes, well, ma'am. I usually go to morning mass, and so I'll be, be heading out there. Ah, perfect, Amen. perfect. Well, do us a favor. While you're there, offer a quick prayer for us and uh, for Nick and Nelia, if you would. We'd be very grateful. Absolutely, yes. Thank you very uh-huh. much. Thank you very much. So you're familiar with the game. You know how to play, I'm sure. Uh, do you listen often? Oh, usually every morning. Oh, praise be to God. Then you know how the game can, goes and how Rudy could be tricky. He could be tricky, he so he, be. you're going to be... Kind of. Sometimes. Not really. Sometimes. Some would say. <laughs> some might say. Uh-huh. Some might say. So you know. You have your ears tuned in, I'm sure. Are you ready to play? I am. Uh-huh. All right, Marie. Let's jump into it then. Question number one for you, Rudy. Mm-hmm. Rudy. Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. You can trust me. Rudy. This question. I hope you've brushed up on your uh, your polyglot skills. Okay. You I'm sure you speak you speak Hebrew, right? I, I do. And actually. Greek. Yeah. And French. That too. And Latin. Yep. Yeah, a true polyglot, one might say. Just not English. <laughs> and now the question is Christos, Greek for Christ, is a translation of a Hebrew word which means what? Wait a minute. Are you making fun of me for my news reads? Maybe. Because I can't, I can't read English. Christos is the translation of the Hebrew word, and that Hebrew means Messiah. Messiah, which means Messiah. Ah. Or anointed one. Sound like Mitch Pacwa there for a second. <laughs> uh, it's just his birthday the other day, actually. Happy birthday to oh, Mitch Pacwa, oh, yeah. Keep him in a brace. There you go. There uh, you go, Marie. 15 seconds on the clock. The question on the board is, Christos, Greek for Christ, is a translation of a Hebrew word, which means what? Rudy seems to think it's Messiah. 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 Or anointed one. You got to get that like, that like, Right from the back of the throat in now, there. If I you're can... from Texas, you just say Messiah. Oh, so that's how you would say well, it no. in Texan. I see. I see. <laughs> uh, all right, Marie, 15 seconds of the clock. What say you? Well, I I hope that Rudy is right. So are you going to go with yes I, then? I think I will say yes. All right. Let's see. And the answer is correct. Let's Way go. to go, Marie. That is, in uh-huh. fact, correct. So that is a one-for-one one so far. It's a 100% success rate. Are you ready for question number two? 
I hope so. Oh, I'm sure you are. I'm sure you are. This next question, I know you're going to get this one. This is, what is what is this, Rudy? This is like easy question number two here. I guess this has to be It's harder. easy question Friday. It's easy question Friday. All right. Well, the question is, whom did Jesus address when he said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed? Now, you got to be an expert in scripture to know this, okay? So there was this blind man. You remember in the scriptures, our blessed Lord took some mud in his hands and mm. he spit upon his hand and right. rubbed that into the eyes of this blind man. Okay. And in response, he believed he was just so, he believed so much in our Lord that our Lord said, blessed are those who have not yet seen and yet believe. Oh, wow. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, where was that in the Gospels again? Don't ask me. I, I don't know. Okay. I'm Catholic. Okay. I don't know. That was a uh, Gospel of Peter, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. I, there we go. 15 seconds on the clock, Marie. The question on the board is, whom did Jesus address when he said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe? Rudy seems to think it was uh, the guy that our Lord spit into the mud and rubbed it well, onto his eyes and told him that. Is that, is that the case, Marie? You know, that's kind of tricky. That, it, that possibly could be or it could possibly be Thomas when Thomas had to see the wounds in, in Christ. All right, so you're going to go with uh, Rudy's being I tricky was, then. Yeah, I think Rudy is tricky. Yeah. Um, All right. Uh, I will say he's wrong. She's saying he's wrong, and that is correct, Marie. I cannot swear you go. And man, Rudy made that really tricky. I was like, I was like, man, dude, that didn't, I I can see someone getting tripped up on that one. But no, you are correct. It was in She's fact good. Didymus, Saint Thomas the Apostle. Hey, you can't trick a daily mask over. Right, that's what I've noticed. They're I've solid. noticed this. They're oh. solid. There you go. All right, Marie, congratulations. You have two for two so far. That's still a 100% success rate. Are you ready for question number so. three? Yeah. All right. This one, I think, is the hardest question we've ever had on the history of Catholic Drive Time. So, here we go. <laughs> Since yesterday. <laughs> That's, every day is a new day. <laughs> what precious relic is housed in Santa Maria Maggiore in Rome, or St. Mary's and Major in Rome? St. Mary's Major, believe it or not, they have the relic mm -hmm. of the manger <gasps> that our Lord was put into wow. by the Holy Family. Wow. It's All right. shocking to me. That's what you're going with. Yeah. All right, the Marie. Manger. 15 seconds on the clock. I could see this one being a little difficult, but... Nonetheless, the question on the board is, what precious relic is housed in St. Mary Majors in Rome? Rudy thinks it's the manger of Bethlehem. What say you, Marie, from San Angelo, Texas? I think he's wrong. You think he's wrong? Are you sure he's gonna go, you're going to go with wrong? I think so. All right. She's going to go with wrong. Oh. Believe it or not, I thought it was wrong, too. Really? But it's incredible. Now yeah. I want to go there. 
Wow. There you go, Marie. So I, it is, in I'm fact. I'm so sorry that I missed that one. I should have known. Well, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I would not have known that. There's no way I would have got how, that one right. How many relics do we not know of? Exactly. You know? Exactly. So, so cool. So I, I would have got that one wrong, too. I would have just been a guess. It would have been right. a guess for mine. Drum roll, because All it's time right. to draw the prize. You're right. You're right. Don't worry, Marie. That there's still two chances in there for you to win. I have one in my hands he's, from he's the coffee cup of divine providence. He's got the coffee cup of divine I providence. Shaking the cup. There's a drum. The drummer is getting tired. And it is Annabelle. Annabelle, praise Annabelle. be to God. Way to go, Annabelle. I'm sorry, Marie. We did not draw your name out of the coffee cup of divine providence today. But it was a pleasure to speak with you. It was a pleasure, and hopefully, I'll get to see you. Um, I'll make a trip out to San Angelo. Absolutely, but I'll call in again sometime. Please do. You're Please do. To. We'd love to hear your voice back on the show. And um, hopefully, my I, I, here's a little secret. Don't tell anybody. Uh, my sister, my little sister, is actually working on a massive painting of Venerable Mary Vigreda that may or may not be going up in San Angelo. So my sister may be making a pilgrimage out there. and Maybe I'll take her. I'll go oh, with her. That would be wonderful. Yeah. So it'd be a very I'd, cool thing to see. I'm anxious to see it. Yes, yes. It's a, a stunning, stunning, I would add. All right. Well, I'm going to put you, or actually, that's going to be it. That's going to be it for us now. So that's going to be it for the radio side. If you can join us in the after show, we'd love to have you. You just have to hop on YouTube, Facebook, Rumble, Odyssey, Twitter, and you could comment down below, and we'd love to interact with you directly. So if you can join us there, we'd love to have you. Uh, but if not, we'll see you back Monday morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, across the Guadalupe Radio Network and Catholic Spirit Radio. And if I may ask, please pray for me. I'm going to get my teeth pulled in about an hour. So, yikes. That's going to be that's gonna be fun. So, please pray for me. I'll pray for you. And, uh, yeah. Woof. So, we'll see you back either Monday morning or in our after show. God bless you. God love you. And remember, Christ is risen. Truly, he is risen. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. And then it'll be like, oh no, we don't get the money. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Live from Our Lady of Corpus Christi, home of the SALT community. For more information, visit salt.net or ourladyofcorpuschristi.org. Today we celebrate Friday of the 16th week in Ordinary Time. This holy sacrifice of the Mass is being offered for all those listening in on the Guadalupe Radio Network and all of our online viewers. Immaculate Mary, your praises we sing. You reign now in 
splendor with Jesus our King. Ave, Ave, Ave Maria, Ave, Ave Maria. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. Let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. Show favor, O Lord, to your servants, and mercifully increase the gifts of your grace, that made fervent in hope, faith, and charity, they may be ever watchful in keeping your commands. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of Exodus. In those days, God delivered all these commandments. I, the Lord, am your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, that place of slavery. You shall have you shall not have other gods besides me. You shall not carve idols for yourselves in the shape of anything in the sky above, or in the earth below, or in the waters beneath the earth. You shall not bow down before them or worship them. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, inflicting punishment for their father's wickedness on the children of those who hate me down to the third and fourth generation, but bestowing mercy down to the thousandth generation on the children of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not leave unpunished him who takes his name in vain. Remember to keep holy the Sabbath day. Six days you may labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. No work may be done then either by you or your son or daughter or your male or female slave, or your beast, or by the alien who lives with you. In six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but on the seventh day he rested. That is why the Lord has blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, that you may have a long life in the land which the Lord your God has given you. You shall not kill. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. 
You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male or female slave, nor his ox or ass, or anything else that belongs to him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord, you have the words of everlasting life. Lord, you have the words of everlasting life. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The decree of the Lord is trustworthy, giving wisdom to the simple. Lord, you have the words of everlasting life. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The command of the Lord is clear, enlightening the eye. Lord, you have the words of everlasting life. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true, all of them just. Lord, you have the words of everlasting life. They are more precious than gold, than a heap of purest gold, sweeter also than syrup or honey from the comb. Lord, you have the words of everlasting life. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Blessed are they who have kept the word with a generous heart and yield a harvest through perseverance. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, Hear the parable of the sower. The seed sown on the path is the one who hears the word of the kingdom without understanding it, and the evil one comes and steals away what was sown in his heart. The seed sown on rocky ground is the one who hears the word and receives it at once with joy, but he has no root and lasts only for a time. When some tribulation or persecution comes because of the word, he immediately falls away. But the seed sown among thorns is the one who hears the word, and then worldly anxiety and the lure of riches choke the word, and it bears no fruit. But the seed sown on rich soil is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields a hundred or sixty or thirtyfold. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. It is really strange when you, you, you read the same commandments next to someone, right next to them, and they hear the same words you're hearing, but it's just like they, they just don't get it. It's really odd. I, I, I mean, I marvel at it. I remember talking to someone, I was talking to this, this man who seemed to be stuck at like a 16-year-old level of emotional maturity and I couldn't figure out why it was the it was the weirdest thing every time I tried to explain to him about a certain particular commandments he just he would hear it but it just wouldn't change his behavior and I remember talking to him for a long time and feeling like I was going nowhere I, I, later on I found out that he was um, when he was younger he was kicked out of his house when he was 16 and he was homeless and he was uh, I mean, you know, understood why he was emotionally stunted at age 16. 
And there's different reasons for why people have rocky or thorny or, or soil that just isn't very deep. There's different reasons for it, but the parable, regardless of what, however you grew up or whatever your background is, is what kind of soil do you want to be? It's not a descriptive parable, it's a prescriptive parable. It's not so you can sit and diagnose everyone and say, well, this is why this, this person is this way, and he's got good soil, he's got bad soil. It's more importantly, what, do you want, what are you willing to do to become good soil? Because if you know farming, that's a lot of work. And you gotta put a lot of manure, a lot of dung has to fall in your life for you to till that soil and be, for it to become good soil. There's a lot of humiliation that you have to encounter with love to, for that to become good soil. So how do we do that? Well, to help us decide, make the decision, because Moses, at the end of everything he said, he said, I put before you death and life. Choose life, therefore, that you will live long on the land that the Lord your God will give you. Uh, it's a choice that we have to make. The church gives us Fridays, days of penance. Every Friday in the church's year, in the ordinary time, is a day of penance. And what the day of penance is, is we recognize the penance of Jesus on the cross for us. And we enter into it, into our life. We unleash the power of Jesus in our life to make good decisions. We allow Jesus to reform our way of thinking in whatever way we're not following the commandments in the way that he, the Lord God, intended us, we turn those over to him. It's a wonderful day to go, to go to confession. It's a wonderful day to meditate on the passion of the Lord, how he suffered for the sake of the commandments in our lives, because the commandments are the natural law written on every human heart. Remember Ezekiel, and in Ezekiel it says, the Lord doesn't need to write the tablets on stone. He has written them on every human heart. Every human heart should know what's good and evil because God has written that naturally on what on every single person's the natural law. It's on every single person's heart. That's why the law, the Ten Commandments, were rightfully placed in a lot of uh, courtrooms because that's the basis of the law. Everyone, it's it's something that you can be codified in public law that everyone has to follow. That, For example, the Sixth Commandment, to not commit adultery. It's written on every, it's in the, not only in every human heart, all of the chemicals in your biochemistry, if you study um, that, you have chemicals for bonding for life, like swans, we, we mate for life. Everything in us screams monogamy. Everything in us screams, in our biochemistry, faithfulness to one person for the rest of our life. We're made, we're hardwired that way. And to, to in, introduce a lie that says you can love whoever you can love whenever you want to is not true. That's why um, same-sex unions will never really be marriage. Or you can't shack up with somebody and call it playhouse and call it marriage and equivocate it to the same extent that you've made a public commitment to be faithful to that person and only that person for the rest of your life. That's codifiable by law. God has given us these things. It's for us not only to follow, but repentance must be made for people who don't. People who say they're Catholic, 
but they're not willing to follow the Ten Commandments. So we make reparation, and the power of reparation is in the commandments themselves. The Lord God will reward thousandfold those who follow the commandments, and he will punish down to the third and fourth generation. Now, a thousandfold means that you can make up for everyone else who is not following commandments. You can do penance for the world. And remember, the angel of Fatima, Our Lady, or the third secret of Fatima, when Our Lady was holding up in her hand all this light, and the angel of the Lord couldn't strike the earth, she was holding in her hand the penance of all the faithful. And the angel couldn't strike the earth. And he, he shouted, penance, penance, penance. Well, we are, in, we are encouraged to do penance not only for our own sins, but the sins of the whole world, because that's how Jesus did his penance on the cross. And let us pray on this Friday, this day of penance, that we can be faithful to Jesus' penance on the cross and Mary's intercession for our good. Let us bring our petitions to the Lord. We pray for the whole church, that the church may shine forth as the holiness of Jesus Christ. For this we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for our Holy Father, all bishops and priests, that they may be men of prayer and penance. For this we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for government leaders, that they may not obstruct Christ and the natural law written on every human heart. We pray for an end to abortion, same-sex unions, gender confusion, and human trafficking. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the sick, the suffering, the poor, and that we respond with generosity to Jesus in his disguise of human misery. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for all of our beloved dead, that they may enter the Father's eternal glory. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Eternal and blessed Father, we ask you to hear us. We make these and all our petitions in the holy name of Jesus Christ and through the powerful intercession of our Mother Mary as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Alleluia, alleluia. Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Alleluia, alleluia. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. O God, who in the one perfect sacrifice brought to completion varied offerings of the law, accept, we pray, this sacrifice from your faithful servants, and make it holy as you bless the gifts of Abel, so that what each has offered to the honor of your majesty may benefit the salvation of all through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. 
and with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Father most holy, through your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, your word through whom you made all things, whom you sent as our Savior and Redeemer, incarnate by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin. Fulfilling your will and gaining for you a holy people, he stretched out his hands as he endured his passion, so as to break the bonds of death and manifest the resurrection. And so with angels and all the saints, we declare your glory, as with one voice we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Plenis Uncelia Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, benedictus, qui venit in nomine domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray by sending down your spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and giving thanks broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take this all of you and eat of it, for this is my body which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. A mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis our Pope, Michael our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Blessed Joseph, her spouse, the Blessed Apostles, and all the saints who pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Row him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, 
All glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Perceptis salutaribus moniti et divin institutioni formati audehimus dicere Pater noster qui es in cedis sanctifice tuhur nomen tuhum adveniat regnum tuhum fiat voluntas tua Sicut in cielo et in terra, Panem nostrum quotidianum, Da nobis hodie, Et imite nobis debita nostra, Sicut et nos dimitimus, Debitoribus nostris, Et ne nos inducas in tentationem, Sed liberanos a mahalo. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days. And by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. On you stay, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. On you stay, qui tolis peccata mundi, Miserere nobis, Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those who are called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, says the Lord. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door to me, I will enter his house and dine with him, and he with me. For those who cannot receive sacramental Holy Communion at this time, we pray the act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, Come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Soul of my Savior, sanctify my breast. Body of Jesus, 
be my saving guest, blood of my Savior, bathe me in thy tide, wash me waters gushing from his side. Strength and protection, may his passion be. O blessed Jesus, hear and answer me. Deep in thy wounds, Lord, hide and shelter me. So shall I never, never part from Thee. Let us pray. Graciously be present to your people, we pray, O Lord, and lead those who have imbued with heavenly mysteries to pass from former ways to newness of life, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Bow down for the blessing. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge of the love of God and in His Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And may the blessing of Almighty God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down on you and remain with you forever. Amen. The Mass is ended. Go in the peace of Christ. Thanks be to God. Praise to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. O my soul, praise him, for he is thy health and salvation. Join the great throng, psaltery organ and song, sounding in glad adoration. Praise to the Lord, who o'er all things so wondrously reigneth, who as on wings of an eagle uplifted sustaineth. Hast thou not seen all that the needful hath been? Granted in what he ordaineth. Praise to the Lord who doth prosper thy work and defend thee. Ponder on you and the goodness and mercy defend thee. Ponder on you what the Almighty can The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, 
by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Celebrating the culture of life, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Hi, I'm Patrick from St. Vincent de Paul Catholic Church. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. <laughs> 